Welcome to episode 226 of In Touch with iOS, the show that talks about iPhone, iPad, Apple Watch, Apple TV, and related technologies. I'm your host, Dave Ginsburg, and my guest this week is back on the show, Mr. Mike Potter, Mac for, for Mac Guys Only and Mac Stock. How are you doing, Mike? Hey, Dave. Always great to be on your show. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We always have a lot of fun here. Uh, and Jeff Gamet's back here on the show. How are you doing, Jeff? I'm doing great, and it's it's a special treat to get to hang out with both of you at the same time. Yeah, and we had a little bit of pre-show talking about Lego, so we got 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 that out of our systems for the moment. And uh, but uh, so we're here think. For, for yeah, so we think <laughs> I'm going to sneak it in some other. I'm going to find maybe a Lego iPhone or something, right? Uh, I I have one, a custom printed. Uh, <laughs> uh, iPhone from uh, you know it's just one tile, and but if it's from oh. one of the the custom Lego minifigure companies, yeah. Anyhow, see there you go. Yeah. It's a thing. I got you. No worries. I, I got you guys covered. So uh, yeah, I think we had a few things that happened this past week. Uh, Apple did press release announce uh, that the new iPad and uh, the new Apple TV. Surprise of that one. We'll t- touch that a little bit. Lots of news as well to go on this week, so might as well just like just jump right into it here. So, uh, first new story: we have um, Google completes the rollout of iOS 16 lock screen widgets with its update to the Maps and Search. Uh, this was this last week. Uh, Google has now rolled out to all the promised lock screen widgets for its iPhone apps, including the Google app, Gmail, Google Maps, Chrome, Google News, and Google Drive. The rollout was completed. Uh, this was. Uh, about a, a little less than a week, a little bit of a week ago. Uh, so all these uh, little widgets are now available on the uh, lock screen, which is awesome. I, I, I started playing around and put the the search on on the uh, on the widget, and I think that's really cool. Just to be able to just tap it and do a search real real quick and easy. Uh, you got any? Uh, my, uh, Jeff, have you tried this at all? No, but um, um, well, I have the Google apps, several Google apps on my iPhone. It's not because I I want to use them. It's because there's integrations that I need that okay. for for those apps to be there to to work. Um, otherwise, yeah. But uh, good on them, and yeah. it's it's good to see Google, even though and they are a direct competitor to the iPhone with with Android OS, that right. they're right here. Um, just staying on top of it and making sure that we have features like this when they promised. Absolutely. Mike, have you tried any of the, uh, the, 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 uh, the lock screen widgets? No, no, I haven't. And you know, I, I have not really set up any lock screen widgets on my phone since I upgraded to iOS 16. You need uh, to. Okay. D- true. I'm sorry. Hey, yeah, do you need to, no, you know, the truth is I'm hoping 16.1 that's coming Monday is going to solve some of the frustrations I have with the way these lock screen setup, the lock screen setup process works. I find it overly complex for the simple things I want to do with it, uh, such as changing okay. a wallpaper. I just want to change my freaking wallpaper and you're making me set up a whole new lock screen layout. I just want to change the wallpaper. And it's got 200 as the max. So, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I find, I find the process or I found the process frustrating. The the widgets are cool. Uh, I guess I could see using activity widgets or something like that on there, but for the most part, I don't 
need them. I have what I need on my watch or, uh, you know, I get the notifications I need on the phone. I haven't found a need for lock screen widgets yet. Okay. All right. Well, it's not for everybody, but there's the, there's quite the craze with the, uh, the lock screen widgets and the lock screen uh, uh, customization for that matter. Well, it's so new, right? It's it. new and shiny. So, yeah. of course. Yeah. yeah. New and shiny. Yep. Uh, uh, next uh, next uh, story here is iOS 16 features an all-new iPhone keyboard layout option. iOS 16 added native support to the Dvorak uh, keyboard layout on the iPhone, providing users with an alternative to the standard QWERTY layout. Uh, and uh, they were noted that this was going to happen a couple months ago, and, and a number of uh, news organizations mentioned that. So I've never used a Dvorak keyboard. I don't know if you have, Jeff, but... Uh, this is, uh, I, I have tried, but I just haven't had the time to like really get into to learning it. But I totally get why it's superior to QWERTY because QWERTY is designed to slow us down. It was designed yeah. to, to so that we wouldn't jam mechanical typewriters. Right. And Dvorak is designed to be more efficient so you can type faster. Um, honestly, I didn't realize there wasn't a native Dvorak keyboard in iOS. Yeah. The, the big news for me was when Apple said, oh, and this is coming. And uh, I did the Scooby-Doo because <laughs> I, thought, I thought it had always been there. I did too. Yeah. I did too. I had no idea it wasn't there. Uh, I have to be very careful switching keyboards because I learned to type on a membrane keyboard on my Sinclair ZX81. Oh, and, good times. Uh, yes, absolutely good times. But that and then the chiclet keyboard on my my uh, Sinclair Spectrum are mm -hmm. how I learned to type. So I, I have never taken a typing course in my life. I'm actually relatively good at touch typing for the most part. But every once in a while, I need to just make sure I'm in the right realm of the keys on my keyboard to to be efficient. Otherwise, things start coming out like that. Mm -hmm. uh, and so to switch up or attempt to switch to something new like that would be a complete and utter disaster for me, I think. But awesome that it's there because I know mm -hmm. a lot of folks who do use yeah. it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So well, it's good. And, and there's so many other keyboards you can add. Well, now we got Dvorak. Um, and not next John. story here is uh, not John, John, not John C. So, uh, Apple has begun selling the <laughs> Belkin mount for uh, using an iPhone as your Mac's webcam. Well, of course, I've been using my iPhone as a webcam for quite a while here with the uh, 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 with my Plexicam and using Camo. But uh, uh, Mac OS Ventura is going to have this new the new feature called Continuity Camera that features uh, allow you to use your iPhone as a, as a uh, an webcam on your Mac and that'll be coming uh, Monday as we record this. Uh, but uh, Belkin had uh, at, they actually had showed this at WWDC that, that this was going to be available. It's just now going on, gone on sale this week as we record. So it's 2995. Of course I bought it. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, Apple uh, on the Apple's on online store. I was supposed to have it yesterday, but, but of course, you know, Apple has makes you have to sign for it and it's a $30 item and, 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 you know, someone's going to steal my $30 item and I'm going to get really upset about, right? So I didn't get it today. I get it, but it got to go pick it up. Uh, but it's available in black and white mounts right to the Mac with no special tools. And it's of course the mag safe that attaches right to the, to the iPhone with the mag safe. And, uh, I'm looking forward to trying it out on, on, on the actual MacBook uh, Pro lid and see how it goes. But uh, 
It's not something you guys would be looking, looking at maybe doing. I'm very interested in this um, in part because I, I don't want to take my, uh, my Logitech camera off of my Plexicam. Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, this, this would be a cool way for me to have a higher resolution camera as an alternative. And uh, if I'm traveling, then I could just hang it on my laptop screen. Yeah, exactly. And uh, uh, and I could, I think I can put it on a tripod also, so I could do a multicam setup here. And, yeah, yeah, good. Um, it does double as a kickstand, so it, uh, it can be used mm-hmm. as a kickstand with the built-in ring, so you can do it. It's very similar to what a pop socket does. Um, so, uh, so this, I think it's got a it's got a multiple uses. Something you considered, uh, Mike? Um, you know, we spent quite a bit of time talking about continuity camera on, uh, for Mac has only this last week and, um, Eric and I were trying to figure out the need for it. You know, uh, there's some really awesome features of it and, uh, I know I'm excited to give it a try, but I hesitate to use. And as, as I said to him, I have my phone sitting here on the desk in a stand so that in the event something comes up, I need to take action on, I can take action on it on the phone. When it's being used as a camera, I can't do that. So I do have an older iPhone 8 Plus sitting here that I could use. And that would be perfect for it because the battery in this phone is starting to go bad. So tethering it to my Mac would be a great way to do it. Um, but I, I, I have two questions, Dave. One, weren't you using a different holder for your phone, like a clear holder? I thought you had something else that you were using. Well, I, I use the Plexicam now, but... Uh, oh, that, that's what you're using uh, now. Okay. Yeah. The, oh, here, I'll just bring this over so you can see it. This is another Plexicam, but this is with another camera, but uh, this is what it is. Right, it, it, right. Uh, so that's that's a much down, more so. complex situation uh, uh, setup. Yeah, but the nice thing is it does keep... You're 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 doing eye level here because it, it, it's on my screen. I put it, you know, in a, and I move windows over so because I have my 32 inch monitor. Yeah. So it is nice there. But in this case, this is more for when you're traveling. You know, you're not going to want to lug this thing with me with you with uh, no. with that. Where I can just take this, you know, if, as long as the iPhone has got MagSafe, you, all you got to do is bring that small clip with you. It's an instant, much better webcam than. Uh, but although you know the MacBook Pro, I have the M1 Pro that does have a much better webcam now but you know but iphone's going to give you the best results yeah i have fallen in love with magsafe accessories since i got the iphone 13 now that that kind of contradicts what i said about not wanting to use my iphone 13 as my camera while i'm while i'm using it but i i do wonder will future editions of the macbook pros have a magsafe adapter built right into the lid that would be awesome that's something maybe in the future that would be great now my other question is completely unrelated to that and yet it's related based on something you said at the beginning of this news story have you tried fedex's pre-sign feature you can pre-sign for your deliveries and then not Mm -hmm. have to worry about missing them too too bad they used ups (laughs) but you can do Um, it with ups too yeah 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 i i do the pre-sign uh for all those deliveries I have not had anything disappear yet, but I'm also tracking like, like obsessively right. on delivery day. Yeah, me too. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I'm there, whether I pre-sign or not, I'm there opening the door and pulling it in within mm-hmm. minutes of it being delivered. I'll take a day off of work just to get a new delivery from Apple. So <laughs> I know mm-hmm. what you're saying. Yeah. So yeah. check it out. We're, we're definitely going to, once I get it, I'll give give you my review and let, the, let everybody know uh, how that is. Um, cool. The uh, next story here is um, Da Vinci, Da Vinci Resolve, which is an awesome video editing program, which is you know more or less free, uh, is coming to the iPad Pro. And it's going to have an enhanced version uh, that is is work is working, and we don't know officially as of yet. Uh, they didn't uh, announce this uh, uh, actually yesterday, as we record this, uh, that uh, they indeed are going to be releasing something in the fourth quarter, which we are more or less in the fourth quarter now. So it's kind of be a little later here. Um, it will be enhanced with the M2 chip that just came out with the iPad. We'll be talking about, um, but I'm wondering uh, where uh, where this is going to be. Uh, Compatible with, I would, I would assume M1 for sure, but I don't know if anything beyond that. I, but I, I don't. Know, I think you know, uh, Jeff, you being a big Luma, Luma Fusion fan and user, uh, you know that works well with the. You know, you have a the A15 processor mm-hmm. that works well for you, right? You think DaVinci would 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 not leave the other iPad users you know, behind, or do you think they'll they'll release it? Because it doesn't say they haven't announced it yet. So as far as which, you know, which models. Um, yeah, I've been wondering about what they'll do for compatibility. And it wouldn't surprise me if you need to have at least an M1 processor to use DaVinci. Yeah, you would think, because it's pretty heavy, heavy duty. Yeah. And uh, which is not to, which is not to imply that LumaFusion is lightweight. LumaFusion is a professional, uh, full on video, nonlinear video editing tool. Um, and uh, and each update that they release, it, it adds in even more pro features. Um, it I mean, it's a crazy awesome tool. I am curious to see how DaVinci uh, and LumaFusion match up with each other and compete. My guess is that the the people you'll see mm. that really really dive into DaVinci. Um, instead of LumaFusion will be the people that have workflows where they're also using DaVinci on their Mac or their mm-hmm. uh, Windows PC. Yeah. Right. Well, what about you, Mike? Cause uh, you do a video editing. Uh, what's your, your tool of choice usually? Uh, usually Final Cut Pro is what I'm using. Okay. Uh, which uh, at this point, I don't know if you're going to talk about this other rumor, but at this point is not available for the iPad. Um, no, go ahead. If you want to talk about it, I mean, this is a related story to it. Well, I, I did not see this in your show notes, but um, did you? No, I, didn't, I didn't even see that. Did you guys see the rumor that Mac OS may be brought to the iPad next year? No. That it, I know it's been, that's all it's been discussed. I saw this on Apple Insider just yesterday. And apparently there is a leaker who has claimed that Apple is working on a version of Mac OS exclusive to the M2 iPad Pro. Now, the interesting thing about this is obviously it's all rumor. This is all speculation. Mm-hmm. These are things that uh, w- we could wish for a leaker to be telling us is true. Uh, we don't know that it's true, um, but they claim that it's a smaller version of Mac OS, uh, uh, something uh, targeted exclusively for the iPad. Um, they go so far as to say that there's a code name for it, Mendocino, 
and uh, that it's expected to be released alongside Mac OS 14 next year. Um, hmm. Now, I find this incredibly interesting. Now, they're saying that this could this could simply be uh, iPad OS, but with more Mac-like features versus Mac OS for the iPad. But I, you know, I can kind of see Apple doing this. They're bringing the hardware closer and closer together. Why not make a version of it? Give the give folks the option which they want to pick at setup time, and uh, allow folks to. You know, we already have cross-platform esque type apps in many cases that can run on iOS slash iPadOS and macOS. Why not? Why not bring them even closer together? Uh, mouse support on the iPad is lacking at the moment. Right. Um, support for full featured pro apps, with the exception of apps that are specifically designed for iPad, like LumaFusion, um, is somewhat lacking. Uh, I don't. I don't want to say that with a with a hundred percent. Not, I don't want to say certainty, but, you know, 100% across the board um, statement. But, uh, you know, because certainly Affinity Photo, Affinity Designer, uh, LumaFusion, these are all pro apps. All the Omni apps. All the Omni apps. These are all pro apps. Um, the, in many cases, though, they're not feature for feature with the Mac apps. But wouldn't it be great if you could just run the Mac app on the iPad as well? It 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 it. I don't. There's a, there's always been a big debate about it. There's you know, a big, there's a big debate about it because if you want to do that, why not just buy a MacBook Air? Seriously, exactly. If you want a portable right. Mac, buy a MacBook Air. Why why would you even bother with an iPad that's going to end up being more expensive anyway? Uh, so I, you know, you have to take all of this with a big old giant block of salt, like you'd buy outside of uh, Ace Hardware for lake. your water softener. You know, a big salt lick and uh, say, gosh, wouldn't that be cool? But yeah, I don't know if that's going to happen. But I just saw this rumor last night. And since you asked me about Final Cut. You know, yeah, I use Final well, Cut. I'll say if, if Mac OS is going to come onto the iPad, then why wouldn't Final Cut not work on it either? Why so, wouldn't Final Cut work on it either? I don't see Apple making a version of Final Cut for the iPad. Who knows? Yeah, Weirder yeah. things have happened. Yeah. But that they should, but they, I'm with you. I don't expect it. I don't expect it. Yeah, they seem to kind of pass the pro level apps on to others. You know, we're not seeing yeah. Logic for the iPad. We're seeing GarageBand. We're not seeing Final Cut. We're seeing iMovie. We're not seeing any kind of um, perf- well on on Mac or iPad any kind of professional photo management tool. Uh, you know, they're right. allowing others to you know, grab those flags and run with them. So, yeah, I don't really see Final Cut coming over to the iPad. But if there is some sort of lightweight version of macOS, then why not? Could be a, It could be interesting is all I'm saying. It could be. And, yeah. you know, honestly, yeah. if Apple is not running iPadOS on a Mac and running macOS on an iPad in their labs, I would be stunned. I mean, th- yeah. they, they mess with stuff all the time. And all you, the you time. remember the whole Intel transition? They'd been running Mac OS on Intel's in their labs for years. Years. It was years they were doing it. Mm-hmm. And don't tell me they weren't running Mac OS on A15s 
for, for <laughs> before they came out with the M1. Yeah, uh, yeah. My guess is that is that Apple has been doing this uh, Chimera thing with their products and operating systems in their labs for a long time, which is a great way to figure out what works and what doesn't. So that when we actually get public releases, we get things that make sense because that they've gone through the trouble of figuring out what totally fails before it ever gets out of a secret lab. I, I agree with you. Yep, it is. It is yeah. uh, Tim Cook's monster. Not yep. Frankenstein, right? Right. It's mm-hmm. Tim Cook's monster down in the lab underneath underneath that giant circular structure in Cupertino. There's a secret lab with, you know, vines hanging from the wall and lightning shooting through the ceiling and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and that's where they're doing all this stuff. But Yep. yep. It, yeah, I agree with you. It's happening. It's been happening and it will continue to happen. Absolutely. Well, I, I put that in the show notes now. Thank you for, I didn't even, I had missed that, that story, uh, but uh, that, that was a good discussion and uh, it's going to be interesting to see where it goes. Yeah, I, I, for I, sure. I, I, if, I, if, if at all, if it's just an option, I think that would be cool, but I don't know. I can't imagine that, that, that Apple would consider it being the permanent operating system at some point. I, you know, as long as you're speculating, here's my speculation. Let's say Apple actually releases this and, and the rumor is legit. It's mm. not going to be an option uh, when when you uh, set up your iPad. Do you want to run iPadOS or do you want to run macOS? You buy an iPad that runs macOS or you buy an iPad mm. that runs iPadOS. Mm-hmm. And, you, and you don't get to change your mind later. You know where I thought you were going with it, Jeff? I thought you were going with a Mac with a detachable keyboard, which is essentially the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Let's take a MacBook Air. Even if it's, well, they won't ship it with a detachable keyboard. It'll be a $250 option, but Mm -hmm. you know, it'll be, or $350 option, but it'll be a, a, essentially a tablet Mac. That's what they're going to sell it as. It's not going to be sold as an iPad running Mac OS. It'll be sold as a, a tablet Mac. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Which means, which means, of course, they would have to go touchscreen and Apple's been pushing back on touchscreen macOS for oh, ever. Forever. Yeah, which makes sense because macOS was never designed for a touch interface. Nope. And uh, well, we can see how that's worked out for Windows. People tolerate yeah. <laughs> Windows Touch, but it's not. Oh, it's damn, not I hit the screen experience. again. <laughs> the the article does screen. the article does touch on that uh, uh, when you get a chance to look at it, they they do touch on yeah. this being a lightweight version of macOS and with a uh, larger interface for touch purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, I got got the link in the show notes here for that that last news story for this week. Let's uh, go on to, to topics. Uh, we always talk about beta, but before we get into sixteen beta. Um, iOS 15.7.1 was re- released, and I didn't even realize there was a release candidate that this came out. Uh, but uh, it was uh, made uh, available earlier this week. Actually, this was uh, yesterday, uh, the story, as we record. Uh, <clears throat> it says uh, that uh, it apparently was is preventing a face ID from working on at least some iPhones, according to some reports over social media. Uh, Affected devices included iPhone 12 Pro, iPhone 13 Pro models at a minimum, but it's quite possible it's other models that are impacted. Um, 
uh, affected users who were uh, tempted to reset the face ID on the iPhone would say, get a face ID not available. Then I worry that the, maybe they think it's a hack screen or something. Mm. Cause you'd always get that when the, when you replaced it with a non Apple screen. Um, so I didn't realize that there was a release candidate. I, you know, I, I, I have, a, I have a developer account and, uh, you know, 15.7 has to stick around because there are devices that are under the road as of, as of, uh, um, as of now it's like iPhone seven and older, um, up to the ones that were still compatible to 15. Uh, so they, they are still you know, keeping that, those, those in place. So, uh, uh so it's going to be interesting to see where that goes, but, well. Uh, just wanted to mention that for those who have older devices that uh, you may be uh, uh, you may be experiencing a problem. Hopefully not, because it's that's why it's really scanned. It's still being tested. Any thoughts before I move on to, to iOS sixteen dot one? No, uh, other than I, I have thought the entire process of um, iOS 16's release has been an interesting one. That Apple yeah. is giving folks the option: Do you want to move to iOS sixteen? Or stay here, and we'll, we'll give you fifteen point seven or or whatever. I I I don't remember that ever being the case. I always remember it yeah, was they did that oh you're on iOS fourteen here's fifteen oh you're on twelve yep. here's thirteen. I don't remember there ever being a choice saying ah. stick on this one or go to this one. I think it started like around I think iOS fourteen or maybe iOS thirteen. Um, um uh, it, it was last year, so it was, was it? Uh, oh, iOS so fourteen to for, fifteen. For fourteen transition. to fifteen, the transition. Yeah, I don't the first remember time. that. I just remember they it. Started, saying, oh yeah, we talked about that because yeah. it would kind of appear at the bottom of the update screen. Oh, by the way, yeah, also it, available. If you <laughs> if you had an iPhone that didn't have a big enough screen, it would uh it, it would just be hidden. And there's no indication yeah. that you would need to scroll up to see hmm. the line at the bottom. This is, by the way, there's a new operating system. Do you want it? Yeah. So, yeah, it started yeah, at between 14 and 15. Wow. Yeah. So, so, yeah I, it's I, pretty I, new. I, I missed the option. I guess I just upgraded. I said, ah, let's go for it. Yeah. Well, yep. you know, it's because you live on the edge like that. I live on the edge. Yeah. So uh, Apple seeded, did seed the 16.1 and iPad OS 16.1 release candidates to the developers, and I believe it's in public beta as well. Um, the official release date is going to be my, uh, October 24th, which is you know a couple days away from when we record this. Uh, and um, it's definitely going to be interesting to see where it goes uh, with uh, a lot of the things. So what you, you noted some of the features you were looking forward to, Mike. What was it, what was it that you were talking about in 16? Well, there's a feature I'm hoping comes, and that's just that uh, some some of the simplicity of setting up my home screens returns. Uh, like I said, for example, I just want to change my wallpaper. I want to go through the whole process of creating a new layout. and all. I just want, I just, I just want to change the picture. That's all I want to do. <laughs> well, they have that first home. You have that first uh, page that, that you can't. I don't think you could change it though. It's because um, there's it's under it's under. Well, I guess it's under collections. To, to do yeah, what should be a simple thing is overly complex. I don't think the process of creating new layouts for the lock screen is complex. I think that's actually pretty good. But when I want to do something like I I used to do, just just like like where you go to settings yeah settings wallpaper boom done i i I don't want to have to go through this whole process each time uh and that that is the the one thing i kind of hope comes back because if i go into 
if I go into cust, you know, if I go into wallpaper and then customize, I have to go to customize. And, I can't and then just... you get the the whole the whole screen uh, modification thing, and not just pick a picture. Pick a picture. Yeah. I just want to pick a picture. Yeah, no, like like yeah. it used to be, like in fifteen, yeah. like in 15. It, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll we'll hit a lot. I'm just going to just review the features that are coming, and we'll talk about it next week because everybody will have it live uh, after after uh, Monday. So. Uh, but you got uh, the iCloud shared photo library, which allows you to do it much more seamless sharing. The live activities, so third-party apps such as uh, uh, Uber or even uh, uh, sports leagues like Major League Baseball and NFL can put uh, real-time scores in those li- in that live activities. Fitness Plus is going to be, and then that was just announced uh, uh, during one of the press releases uh, that's going to be able to be used on an iPhone and if you don't even have an iP- Apple Watch. Uh the wallet is going to have some much more secure ways of uh, doing your car key, hotel room, and other keys in the wallet. Uh, the, uh, the, the key sharing, where you can actually share that key. Um, and then uh, Apple did announce, we talked about this last week, uh, that the, they are going to be creating a, a, a new savings account for the Apple Cash Card uh, with the Apple Card customers. Yeah. So that daily cash can be just put into a uh, interest-bearing uh, Goldman Sachs savings account that's linked right to the uh, the Apple Card account. Isn't that interesting? Um, so yeah, yeah. So that's gonna be awesome. I, I'm gonna set that up. What, that's that's very cool. What do you think about this clean energy charging that's coming to sixteen point yeah, one? I I still don't understand it. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> it says it aims to decrease the carbon footprint of the iPhone by optimizing charging times for when the grid is using cleaner energy sources. Wonderful, isn't that overnight? Don't they always say don't yeah. charge your phone overnight? Yeah, because I, I do a charge overnight, but then I have the warning that it's saying it's it's optimally charging. So. Right. Yeah. I you know, I'll turn it on. I mean, what can it hurt? I don't see how it can hurt anything, but I'm kind of oh, yeah. curious how that right. plays in with the optimized battery charging. We'll have to wait and see. You know, I okay, so I, I do want to know more about how this works. Because yeah. when uh, when is the best time based on on grid usage and all that? to uh charge your phone uh my guess is the answer it depends where are you what time of year Mm. is it uh how hot or cold is it outside Uh, there's a ton of different uh uh, factors that can come into play so is your iphone identifying its location and then talking to the uh utility companies in some way to to get their data on when's the the greenest time to charge your device and then doing that or is it more like um yeah this this is a lower power usage window so now we'll do the charging yeah Yeah. i'm I'm trying to read the little fine print here there's a photo of the beta screen and to your point jeff it says in your region iphone will try to reduce your carbon footprint by selectively charging when lower carbon emission electricity is available and then it says iphone learns from your daily charging routine so it can reach full charge before you need to use it now that's the fine print from the screenshot here and then there is what you and i are both going to tap on as soon as we see it learn more and Mm -hmm. i think that's yeah that's going to be the interesting part right there is Mm -hmm. how how is apple making this determination 
And will it work everywhere? Do, you know, do they have to have a relationship with the energy companies in a particular region in order for this to work so that they have the knowledge of when this? Yeah. Um, My guess uh, is a lot of that data is uh, publicly available. And well, they yeah, just, that's true. It could be, you know, just like so yeah. much weather data is publicly available. It, it wouldn't surprise me if this is something that they can just access by by scrapping uh, scraping some some uh, public databases. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, um, and then um, and then the iPad OS is definitely finally coming out, and that that was delayed for over a month. Here, which is that we had iOS sixteen, so iPad OS sixteen will be out right away. A uh, couple of features that probably won't be available in, uh, right away, which include uh, external display support uh, that Apple did announce that full external display port will not be available when iOS 16.1 is released. Instead, it'll be included in an update later in the year. Uh, talking lots about Stage Manager. I think everybody's excited about Stage Manager. Uh, the new multitasking UI allows you to uh, be able to multitask between your Mac on uh, Mac OS Ventura as well as uh, an iPad 16, iPad OS 16.1. As we had that controversy where only M1s were going to work, of course, M2s now as well. Uh, however, uh, they softened those restrictions and now it goes all the way up to a 2018 A12X or a 2020 A12Z. Uh, however, those A series iPad Pros will still not be able to run Stage Manager on an external display and. And it and it sounds as if Apple's has no plans of making it work later either. So mm-hmm. you're going to be a bit limited with that feature. Um, so there's going to be a bunch of other stuff. We'll we'll hit hit that as far as uh, when that uh, when that happens uh, 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 as we get it in our hands and start playing with it. Um, and uh, so, but yeah, betas that coming coming uh, coming down to a halt here real quick. I wouldn't be surprised we already see a 16.2 at some point uh, right off the bat. Uh, to get everything up here. So uh, definitely interesting here. So, but the big thing that happened uh, was uh, Apple qu- quietly, but everybody made a, made, uh, made a big deal out of it. This, this release uh, did some press releases instead of doing an Apple event, and which I found that to be very interesting. This is first time in a long time. I remember that, that Apple actually uh, did this and we had a bit of a debate on the Mac show earlier as we record uh, about this, but uh I, I don't know if I missed the hoopla or not. Um, the events were, you know, like uh, my mic, of course, we're always doing our reaction time episodes and those are always a lot of fun that we do, but yeah. uh, uh, on format guys only, but yeah, uh, uh, yeah, you know, you know, we can probably do that now and just read press releases and just start talking about it like we're doing right now. Um, but um, it's, uh, it's definitely something interesting uh, in the sense that, uh, that they did this. Um, I, I know my, I know Jeff, you had some thoughts about this and we, I think it's might be the wave of the future, but then again, who knows? I mean, I think it's just for such free advertising for Apple. I just, I find it interesting that they opted uh, with the, in this, in these, these announcements. Well, um, yeah, I, I, I don't see this as Apple's only Avenue going forward for uh, product releases. This is just right. one of the options and they felt this would be the appropriate one this time around. And as I've been thinking about it more and more, I mean, yes, there's the there's the longer media cycle you get from Apple says we're going to have an event. And so people talk about it ahead of the event. Then there's event. They talk about that. And then after the event, you have people talking about what happened in the event. 
And uh, and so you get this longer, maybe, news cycle out of it. But what they did here, they're still getting tons and tons of coverage. That's true. That's true. So I don't know if uh, if they're really missing out on anything, you know, as far as uh, uh, media coverage goes, by doing the announcements this way for these products. They certainly won't do this for, say, uh, uh, the Mac Pro whenever that finally ships. That that's going to be an right. event. Yeah, absolutely. So interesting the way the the event unfolded. So I'm kind of going to reverse the order a little bit here. We're all diving right over to the iPad. I want to talk about the Apple TV a little bit here because I don't think it'll, it'll take us long to talk about it because it's usually not a long topic. But they did announce a brand new uh, Apple TV 4K with an A15 Bionic chip and the HDR10 Plus. Base price at $129, it's cheapest uh, Apple TV that's uh, has ever been announced. So I think that's kind of exciting in that yeah. sense. Um, it does... Uh, support HDR 10 plus, which is for higher quality video uh, playback and also comes alongside with a serial remote with a USB C port on the, on the, on the remote, which is, which is cool. One, one bummer thing about it is that they're not including a damn darn cable to, mm-hmm. to, to charge well, the darn save thing. That 50 cents, Dave. Yeah. That 50 cents to save that cable. So, yeah. so it's definitely interesting in the sense. And here's another way of the cutting costs here with this. They're, they're going to start with a 64 gig model, which I'm perfectly fine with. I don't think I've ever had any problems. I, I'm, I know Jeff, you 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 mentioned it before in other shows that uh, you know we, we talked about other Mac voices that uh, um, that uh, the apps take up a lot of space, especially games. Yeah, games a take lot of up games. a lot of space. Yeah. Uh, if, if you're a lot of gaming, I'm not a gamer, so you won't see. Assume, I think I think Mike's uh, the same way. So so I don't think it's a huge deal with 64, but the 64 does not come with an ethernet connection. Then who is always, I don't know if everybody uses ethernet ports um, on their Apple TV. I think oh, if yeah. I got close to my connection, I think it's, it's important to do it. Uh, but a lot of times people are, you know, it's down in their family room, wherever they're nowhere near their, their, their router. So um, they use Wi-Fi. So now Apple opted to, to, to exclude that ethernet port on the, the low end model. Um, and then you go up to the, the, the 128 gig version that does have the ethernet port. And that brings the price up. I believe it was to 169. Uh, and, um, and, and also supports threaded networking uh, on the one, the 128 Wi-Fi version. Um, so those are, those were available as, as they announced them uh, a couple days ago from, as we record, and they're going to start shipping in uh, on November 4th. So we got two weeks. Uh, before that's going to be hitting, so uh, so interesting to see uh, what uh, what they did. This our a friend of the show and frequent guest uh, Andrew Orr did a uh, did a uh, comparison uh, of uh, uh, of the last year's and this year's model. In Apple Insider here we have a link in the show notes about it, and I, I and he he dove in here and just kind of giving a comparison between the 2021 version and the 2022 version. So really. Uh, Weight is a huge deal here. It went from 15 ounces to 7.3 ounces. Boy, that, that's quite a dramatic drop in uh, in size. I just noticed that. Yeah. Um, and then the spacing kind of doubled uh, as far as storage goes. Um, and But everything else was more or less the same. You got Wi-Fi 6. You got HDMI 2.1. All the other stuff um, was in there. Um, I don't see a drastic much of a change beyond uh, the, the processor bump. 
because you went from the A12 to the A15. But I, I mean, I even noticed, I did, I did grab one of those uh, 2021 models during the Amazon Prime deal when they had, they were selling them for 109 bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I was using an HD, which is, um, you know, it was a much older uh, iPad. You definitely notice the performance, the uh, increase uh, from from that and th- that one, but uh, you definitely notice even more with this new model when you go from the HD. Um, so, Apple did discontinue the Apple HD model, which not surprising. Um, so, so we're down to just this this one model now with the two different sizes. So, um, do you have comments on this, Jeff? With Apple TVs, Are, uh, you have an Apple TV, right? You, you've been using it. I do. Um, I I'm still rocking an Apple TV HD. Uh, but that's yeah, only that's because good, my, I still have it as a spare. I, well, it's it's fantastic, and the only reason I haven't moved on to a 4K model is because my ancient Sony Bravia TV, yeah. the display is still uh, absolutely stunning, and yeah. so I'm just going to keep using that TV until it dies. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, I I like what uh, what I'm seeing here. And I, I like that uh, we have the the thread support built in. Um, yeah, it's if if I had a 4K TV, um, even if I had bought a, a new Apple TV 4K like last year, yeah. I would go ahead and get this because there, there's enough in it for what I do. That would make it worth it. I mean, getting it just because it has thread, okay, that's that would be reason enough to to get a new one for me. Yeah, absolutely, Mike. You have a, you have you have Apple TVs in your house. You use them? Uh, I primarily use uh, Roku Ultimate. Um, Roku. Okay. I like the flexibility and expandability of it. Uh, a lot sure. more channel choices. Uh, however, I do have an Apple TV HD. It might be an HD at the office that I use uh, primarily for casting my Mac screen up to the TV when I'm doing demos right. and mm-hmm. things like it's that. Always great, and, and, and it works great. Um, I, I think, um, as as you pointed out, for the twenty dollar difference, I think some of the the um, information that's really being buried about this is for twenty dollars, you're getting a heck of a lot more at 149 yeah. than you are at 129. It's almost like they're trying to reach that that price point and say, okay, well, here, here's what we can give you for 129, but you really want this yeah. other one. And I believe Jeff just mentioned this, and you can verify this for me, guys, is um, the Wi-Fi plus Ethernet is the only one that can act as a home hub, correct? No, they can both act as home hubs. Oh, they can both act as home hubs. Yeah, the okay, difference is... Uh, the, yeah. They'll both. They both have HomeKit support. The one hundred and forty nine dollar model includes Thread support as well. Okay. Oh, um, and that's what I meant. Uh, matter a matter Home Hub. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. I'm sorry. I I, I wasn't clear <laughs> in my Home Hub my Home Hubness. Um, yes, the uh, Matter or Thread support is only in the Wi-Fi plus Ethernet model. Yeah, for twenty bucks, I don't know why I would even consider the one twenty nine model. Um, yeah, yeah. I I can tell you the very narrow set of circumstances that would make me say, "Oh, I'll just get the one twenty nine model." Um, if I needed this as a like a secondary device that mm. was going to be used for like screencasting and stuff, um, 
Otherwise, I would get the uh, the one hundred and forty nine dollar model that does everything. Yeah, and and I yeah. should point out too. I I didn't mention this, but the Roku Ultimate works great for AirPlay. Mm-hmm. It's a fantastic AirPlay. Oh yeah, device. yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, uh, we 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 use that. Um, we use that all the time too. Yeah, it it works really well. But um, works really yeah, well, so. But yeah, that's yeah, great. Uh, like I said, I didn't think there'd be much else to talk about with Apple TV. We can get that out of the way here. Uh, it, if, you, if you're in the market for a new I, uh, Apple TV, especially if you have an HD, yeah, it's definitely worth uh, taking a look at that. Mm-hmm. I don't have any 4K TVs either, so I'm all I'm all rocking 1080p. I have a older Samsung curved 65-inch uh, uh, down in, in my family room and uh, uh, still has a beautiful picture. I mean, I just, no, I've seen, I just have no really... A reason why I want to uh, to upgrade till you know till it dies. So and I've had it for you know about five or six years. So it works great. Yeah, uh, my TV four K work. It's got to be fifteen years old, easy, which is crazy. Oh, ours ours is yeah. over oh, you're that. Tony? Ours is over that. Yeah. We have one of the original LED projection TVs, not halogen, but LED mm, um, projection nice. bulbs. And uh, one of the reasons I got that was because I wanted the longevity of the LED bulbs in it mm-hmm. and not have to be replacing halogen bulbs every so often. Uh, and it's, you know, it's it's a 1080 uh, HD TV. It's got a fantastic picture. It's a short throw projection. So there isn't a lot of loss of image mm-hmm. as it's as it's projecting. It's not one of those big old honky ones at its widest. It's a foot a foot deep. And wow. then it's 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 less than let's see I think it's probably less than three inches at the top, so it's a very short throw internal projection TV with an LED uh, LED bulbs and and it's been running great. Knock on wood. Uh, we did think for a very short period of time that it was uh, it was giving up the ghost, but no, 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 it was just a reset. We had to reset it, and it and it was running fine since then. So uh, we're good. We're good. We update our streaming boxes, and yeah. we're happy as. Yeah, I've got a Roku too. I, 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 I'm on, I'm on all the platforms because I'm nuts and have to have like a, a, a three-way HDMI splitter so I can I can watch all three on on, on a single TV. So whenever right. I went to look, in the mood of looking at Roku, I uh, moved to that one. And, and I agree with you. Roku does have some some benefits. It does have its own Roku channel, which is awesome. There's a lot of extra content on there, and. Uh, a lot of other stuff, but yeah. I'm still kind of partially Apple TV. I don't know. It's just, and, I, I do like the interface. And you know what? The Apple TV app works great on a Roku. It once yeah, you once you move once you click on Apple TV to watch something in Apple TV Plus, you're instantly in an Apple experience. It's not a it's not an Apple app that fits within the Roku experience. It's an Apple app that gives you the Apple experience on a Roku box. It's really, really well done. Mm-hmm. One of the one of the best or most well done apps on the Roku I've I've yet to use. Absolutely. As it should be. Absolutely. As it should be. Yeah. So that's Apple TV. Uh, go check it out. Uh, they're going to be on sale. They're, you can buy them now and they'll they'll ship on uh, November 4th. Um, so let's move on to the iPad. Uh, the iPad did uh, Apple did introduce two new iPads uh, to, in line in the line. The iPad Pro has been upgraded to the M2 chip, 
Um, so what they, they've added a couple of new features. So it's got the, the ProRes video capture. It's got a super wide, fast Wi-Fi 6E, uh, which I have on my Eero. So I could take advantage of that if I really wanted to. Uh, and, um, of course, I paid OS 16. Uh, really, it was going to enhance everything when that comes out. Uh, and uh, a lot of breakthrough with the performance of the M2 chip. Are you going to notice any difference between the M1 and the M2? Uh, I, I, I kind of going to say mm, maybe not. But I know I know this this feature was super. You were super excited about Jeff, and you can talk, give us some of your insights again on it. Is uh, the the Apple Pencil hover experience being able to hover? Um, with the uh, the pencil and to and to have a much completely new dimension um, to interact on the screen. So so kind of tell people where 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 is that benefit alone going to be to, to thinking about upgrading to this model? Well, as someone that's used a stylus and graphic tablet on my Mac for decades, um, just having the Apple Pencil iPad experience was great because um, it it let me create art and write and, and do things on that device in a way that's very similar to what I'm doing on a Wacom tablet. Um, yep. The, uh, the feature that I was always feeling was missing from Apple pencil, uh, like all the way back to, to the original Apple pencil one was uh, the fact that you couldn't hover over the, uh, the surface and, uh, and have the stylus register. So on a on on my Mac, when I hover over my Wacom tablet, my stylus acts like a mouse and you can watch the cursor move around the screen, but I'm not actually interacting with anything directly. So when you right. translate that over to the iPad and the hover feature, now what you're getting is a preview of what's going to happen when you touch the surface. So if you're an artist, you can see what's going to happen with whatever your brush is. So you, mm-hmm. you, you'll see how big the, uh, the, the brush surface is. You'll see what, uh, what happens with colors when they're interacting, uh, with what you're painting or drawing versus what's already there. Um, so it's a, it's a great way to be able to, to see what you're about to do without having to do it to see it undo and then try something else. So this, this I think will be a time saver and a productivity booster for people that, that are routinely having to experiment to see if they're going to get what they want. Now they can just kind of look and be like, nope, no test this tool. Okay. That looks like what I want. And then touch the screen and start working. Um, the fact that it's, it will register the angle, detect the angle of your stylus. That's a big thing too. And I think we'll see over time, uh, a lot of things, at least in the art space, start to take advantage of being able yeah. to detect the angle of the stylus, which is something that I can't do with my Wacom tablet. Uh, so Either it's going to be time for me to to start using my iPad as my primary graphics tablet with with my computer, or time to invest in another Wacom tablet. Well, we got to keep that ink Inktober continuing on. So that's you know, right. Gotta... Yep. <laughs> uh, Mike, do you do you have an Apple Pencil? Do you use? Uh, are you using uh, any of those features with your iPad? I have an. Apple Pencil, 
it's a first generation Apple Pencil. The first time? Um, okay. Yeah. The uh, iPad Pro I have is the older 10 and a half inch iPad Pro. Okay. Uh, I was not aware of the hover feature. That is fantastic. And uh, mm-hmm. Jeff's right. Yep. This is going to be a, a big, big game changer. You don't have to inadvertently make marks in your in your illustration to find out that, oh, I'm using the wrong tool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, that'll be something fun to try when I get the opportunity to. Uh, overall, I think this, this would be a leaps and bound upgrade over what I currently have. I yep. don't have a use case for it though. And that's, that's my issue with the iPad is, is for the, mo- I, I purchased the iPad for MacStock. I purchased the iPad to be a controller for my Sling Studio that I use at MacStock, managing the cameras, controlling the recording process and all that kind of stuff. And when uh, MacStock is not happening, the two or three days a year that it's not happening, it's primarily a media consumption device. And that's right. about it. I don't use it for any productivity. I tried setting it up with Sidecar. Eh, wasn't, was, didn't find that all that, you know, terribly useful. Um, and I don't really do any uh, productive work on it for the most part. Just minor stuff here and there. So I would need to have a, a great use case scenario to upgrade to a new iPad Pro and and I, I I fear that use case scenario will be when my old one is no longer supported. That's going to be the use case. Okay, yeah. now it's time to upgrade to a new one. Um, I think this is going to be the last year, I bet. If they go to iOS 17, I might be iOS 17. It may be. I have uh, this as long as the Sling Studio software continues to run on it, though, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Um, and you keep they stand, yeah. Stand now, the, the interesting thing about the Apple needs. Pencil is, I purchased it, and I I had all these wonderful visions for how it could be used, and it it does work great with Affinity Photo. It works fantastic with Affinity Designer. Um, I've yep. used it to take notes, but for the most part, my Apple Pencil is uh, gathering dust and losing battery charge on the counter of our kitchen. Um, and every once in a while, when the iPad reminds me that it needs a charge, I'll go over and I'll charge it. And then it stays on the counter gathering dust and <laughs> and losing battery charge. So it honestly, for me, the Apple Pencil was not a good investment. I did not end up using it the way that I thought I would. I, I'm again, it's an it's a first generation Apple Pencil. Uh, and there's apparently still some use for it, which is something else I'm sure you're going to talk about in a couple minutes. But um, yeah, I'd, I've never, I bought this wonderful Belkin case for it, though. It's an amazing case with a magnetic <laughs> lid yeah. and the pencil fits in there and the yeah. little adapters and all that fits in there wonderfully. Yeah. Uh, and it kind of sits in there. And that's that's Yeah, that's how mine is. That's about it. So check out the Pro. Um, you know, they got the full line. You can the, the link, the the link of the article as well as uh, information about all the new iPads are out. They, they kept pretty, pretty much the same, you know, the storage capabilities on, on the pro line of series, you go to 12.9 inch uh, screen. You got the 11 inch screen prices are all very, all up to about two grand. If you really want to max it out with a one terabyte uh, uh, storage, um, but uh, uh, it, it, it can get pretty pricey uh, and they got the cellular versions as well. 
Um, but other thing I wanted to hit, as you just mentioned, Mike, is the uh, the iPad, the 10th generation model that was announced. Uh, so they 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 announced that the next new generation of, uh, of of the iPad, the iPad, the ninth generation was the last holdout with the lightning connector uh, on an mm-hmm. iPad because all the other mm-hmm. iPads in the line have um, have had the uh, USB C. Well, the tenth generation now has USB C. Um, you got the same storage. Uh, the pricing is a bit different. You go with three twenty nine from the ninth gen to the four forty nine for the uh, the tenth gen. Uh, and uh, storage is the same, 64 gigabytes, which I, f- I still find to be crazy to be that low. We would mm-hmm. uh, cost them nothing to put at least 128 mm-hmm. uh, and 256. The uh, the screen resolution is about uh, about uh, slightly better than it was uh, with the the ninth gen. Uh, I do have a link in our in the show notes again for our our friend and frequent guest on the show, Andrew Orr, did a great comparison of these two models. Uh, so. Uh, you got you go from 10.2 to 10.9 inch of the screen. Processor goes from an A13 Bionic to the A14 Bionic. I don't see that being a huge jump. I mean, as far as processing speeds goes, they did completely redesign the iPad 10th gen, so it's it's more in line of the design of the square off feature, like the 2018 models, like the 2018 iPad Pro uh, and the 11 inch, very similar uh, similar to that. This was the interesting thing they did do. Uh, you got the rear cameras now at 12 megapixel on on the uh, on the the tenth gen, but they did move the front camera. Now it's in the landscape position. So because we, mm-hmm. we figure, then Apple finally realized, okay, that means that a lot of people are taking their pictures when when they do use an iPad because you look so dorky when you're holding it this way with it looking up and down where you wanted to have it landscape mode. So they did put the camera. Um, in the landscape position, it's an ultra wide 12 megapixel, and of course, center stage uh, is is still compatible with it. Uh, so you got the uh, landscapes uh, two speaker that's included. Um, again, I talked about Wi-Fi. This is Wi-Fi six, which so you do are the most current uh, uh, when you have the most current with that. The uh, the Touch ID they moved it to the to the power button, just similar, the same exact one as the iPad Air. So. Uh, it has that, and then you got more colors. You got the blue, pink, yellow, and silver. Don't have space gray, so they did. They did they, was there because we always had space gray. The biggest, uh, the biggest uh, complaint I think of a lot of people are going to have. They still kept the gosh darn Apple uh, first generation pencil. Makes absolutely no sense that that pencil still has the lightning connector on the on the on the uh, top of it. You have to take the cap up. Okay, well, where are you going to plug it in? Well, you got to use that lightning to USB C adapter with a little yeah. small little thing here, and plug it into a, a lightning to a USB C cable to plug it into the iPad in order to be able to charge it. I think this is the most uh, strangest thing. I've talked about this before. I th- I think Apple's th- thinking potentially is the fact that. Uh, they may not have wanted to put the mechanics like they have it in the other iPad, like the iPad Pro, where the, the, the second generation Apple Pencil is magnetic, where you can just stick it on top of the iPad, and that's how it charges. Extra cost, but they still added the extra cost with the 449 versus the 329. Mm-hmm. So I know, Jeff, you've had some thoughts about this with this pencil. I think it's just, just absolutely ludicrous, and I think you kind of agree with me. Uh, I do. I mean, <laughs> the the whole process for charging an Apple Pencil 1 is... Uh, an engineering nightmare. I can't imagine yeah. how it got through the entire process and became a shipping product and is still a shipping product. Um, so here's my take. 
I think that Apple has an engineering issue that's preventing them from letting the 10th gen iPad use the Apple Pencil 2. And uh, I think they also, because they have a lot more information about how people use their products than we do, they have found that most people that are using uh, an iPad versus an iPad Pro or iPad Air maybe are they're not using the, the Apple Pencil as much compared to the other models, but they are doing more uh, uh, like video chatting. So why not give them the feature they're using more, which is put the camera where it makes sense. And, uh, and then, but once they do that, then I don't think there's room to have all of the elements that, that make up the uh, wireless charging. So they'd have to move that somewhere else, which means covering speakers, and they're not going to do that. So the easy answer is keep the old pencil, throw in a, an adapter into the box, and uh, and call it good, and then also sell the adapter for an extra uh, ten bucks on the side for people that need it because everyone's going to lose their adapter. Or they're going to upgrade to to this iPad from an older iPad. And then they have to go by the adapter so they can charge their Apple Pencil that they already have. Yep. And by the way, that adapter is already a month out of uh, out of stock. So you can't even get it if you want to buy an extra Can one. you imagine I, getting one of these brand new iPads to replace an old one on, you know, like on day one? Yeah. And now you you have no way to charge your Apple Pencil. But I had thought that that adapter came with every pencil. I guess well, what if you already have the Apple Pencil is what I mean. So you're just you're replacing right. the iPad and continuing to use the Apple Pencil you already have. Right, right. right. And, and, and now you can't charge to, it. Yeah, my first-gen Apple Pencil um, – I'm sorry. I spoke over you, Jeff. Oh, no, go ahead. It's all you. Uh, <laughs> my first-gen Apple Pencil has the lightning-to-lightning adapter. That's what came with mine. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and – I do not believe that this new iPad comes with the adapter. I believe the only way you no, can get it, it comes is with to, a pencil. It, it, it does come with the Apple pencil. You, you have to purchase the pencil to get the adapter, but the, the iPad adapter. doesn't come with the adapter. <laughs> so to Jeff's point, right. if well. I were to purchase this iPad and want to use my Apple pencil one, now I have two charging setups. I have the the lightning to Apple Pencil charge and the uh, USB C charge for the iPad, and and it w- it would be nice to bounce back and forth between the two. Yeah. So um, so this can be interesting. I think uh, I think it's going to be relatively popular. But interestingly enough, Apple has opted to to and chose to to continue on selling the ninth generation because that's going to be the lower price uh, point. Um, I think that's probably for schools. Uh, I it's think probably going to be for schools. Right. Yeah, they're going to stay in the mix, but a consumer could still purchase it if they so choose. Um, but yeah, that iPad always would. You see them you, during the holidays. You'd see them lower price, like two two ninety nine, two sixty nine, depending on um, depending on what the what the discounts are through the retailers. So um, yeah, it could be interesting to see it. But you know, it does it does kind of saturate the market a little bit with all the iPads that are in the line now. You go yeah. from the iPad Pros to the iPad Air. I'll talk in a minute, and then you have the the uh, the, the iPad, and then you have the iPad Mini. So 
they, they have kind of saturated this a little bit. But what I want to talk real quick about is the, the differences in the 10th gen of the uh, iPad and the, and the fifth generation of the iPad Air. So obviously a big, big jump is the M1 processor. So you're talking about $150 more uh, to go with the, with the Air versus the, uh, the 10th gen. Um, the, uh, uh, the Air does also support the second gen uh, pencil, which is a big difference there as well. Uh, it, it does have um, uh, a lot more in, in the sense of, of support. Both have the Magic Keyboard. I didn't even mention that. The, the, the 10th generation iP uh, iPad now has a new uh, uh, Magic Keyboard, which is $249. So add that to the mix, and then you've got some pretty expensive stuff there for someone looking at entry-level model here. But uh, but uh, you, you, you do see a bit, of a, a, a bit of a difference when it comes to the... Um, uh, the, the, the air when it comes to performance and you got to justify, is it really worth your $150 increase? And it, it may not be, you know, maybe somebody might be just uh, perfectly happy with um, what the, the 10th gen does, but they really were, it's kind of small number there, $150 or go right back up. I mean, the iPad air is going to support stage manager uh, in there because it's a, it's a higher end model. Um, but what do you guys think? Do you think you think uh, Jeff does something? Is it worth it for anybody to want to just go jump right into the iPad Air? I mean, the Air is it is a 2022 model. They 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 did revise it, so uh, so it is uh, it is a current model. But uh, what do you think? It depends on the use case, but yeah. uh, if if someone was asking me about uh, purchase options for a general use iPad. You know, some something that's going to give them the most bang for their buck and is going to give them the most versatility in what they can do, regardless of what their intentions are. I would steer them towards the iPad Air. I, I think all around, that's that's the the best just general use iPad. So why not spend the extra hundred and fifty bucks, move into that. And uh, and now you have something that uh, that lets you do potentially a lot more, gets yeah. rid of the weird charging situation for the Apple Pencil if you want to have <laughs> one, and uh, and you have basically a pro iPad at a not pro price. That's how we always advertise the iPad Air as, and we've always talked about that on the show here. Is the Air is just a just a bargain, you know, comparatively speaking to the having to go right jumping up to the Pro, still have an M1 chip. I mean, you, mm -hmm. but you're getting you know you're you're getting a little little bit of a break and still getting pretty much a lot of things that you probably don't need in the Pro that the Air offers. So people have to think that too. Do you have any thoughts on that, Mike? Before we wrap up, um, just one. Uh, since we started this discussion about the iPad and the iPad Pro. The phrase that keeps coming to mind is there's been a lot of hate heaped upon the iPad, the new iPad, the 10th gen model. Yeah. And we talked about potential reasons why, one being the pencil, but I don't think it's the pencil. I think it's the price. I think $449 is a big ask. Now, this plays into what we were just talking about, but $449 for an entry-level iPad is a big ask. Now, yes, they kept the ninth gen in there, 329. Wonderful. Schools can use it. Small businesses using square stands can use it. That fits the form factor of the square stand. There's a big 
you know, there's a big market for that. And there's a big market that, that will need to replace iPads on an occasional basis. So there's a reason to have that there, short of Square redesigning right. all their stands. Um, yeah. But uh, I think the price point is too high. I, I really think that I that might be the mistake that Apple made here. Yeah. So, you know, maybe rather than keep the iPad ninth gen at 329, look, we know it's going to go on sale, as you said, around the holidays yep. for 299 or less. Right. We, that's what we paid for our iPad to go into the square stand was I think 279 we paid for it. Mm-hmm. Why not just make it 299? Let's admit that's what it's going to sell for to most folks. 299, it's going to be on sale, 30 bucks off all the time. So just make yeah. it 299 and then maybe bump that iPad 10th gen down to 399. And I wonder if that $50 price difference would alleviate some of the hate that's been heaped on it. That people would start to say, oh, yeah, okay, I understand it's still using the Apple Pencil one, but look, it's under 400 bucks. Right. Now we're pushing, you know, there there's there's been a lot of a lot of studies done. Why why does gas sell for 249.9? Because people don't want to pay 250. They want to pay 249. And I, you know, when we see 449, my brain goes to $500. I jump to that next <laughs> level. When I see 399, yeah. I go to 400. I don't go to I don't go to 450. And yeah. so I wonder if there's a little a little psychological manipulation that could be mm. done here to take the same thing. You know, yes, look, they made a lot of improvements to this. The touch ID and the yeah. and the sleep wake button is fantastic. The camera on the side is revolutionary. That's amazing. You talked about yep. people taking pictures with it, but as Jeff pointed out, Zoom calls, FaceTime calls, we don't yep. want to be holding our iPads in portrait mode. We want to hold them in landscape mode. Mm-hmm. That's how we want yes. to see our friends and relatives. We don't want to see them in portrait. I want to see Jeff in landscape mode. And so moving right. the camera to the side is fantastic. I love that. Um, but I just wonder if maybe that's subliminally, if 449 is what's causing so, so much animosity towards this model iPad, because otherwise it's a fantastic machine. And as an entry level device, if someone is saying, I just need something, I need to consume media, I need to make some FaceTime calls, I need to do this, I always point people towards the iPad. You might point towards the iPad Air, but that's just a little too much for that that type yeah. of user. Someone who borders on pro, you know, prosumer type user, the iPad Air is great. Absolutely, no question, especially with that M1 in it. But for that entry-level user, I almost always steer them towards the iPad. Even at 329, the 9th gen iPad is a, a great little machine. Very so reasonable. I I don't know. I that's that's where my thinking is on this, that it it may just come down to price on this. Yep. All right, guys. That was a great conversation, a lot of discussion about the new products. We'll definitely have more as we go in future episodes, but uh let's uh go ahead and wrap up for this week. 
That's a wrap for this week. Please send your comments, questions, and suggestions to our email address, which is feedback at intouchwithios.com. You can follow us on Twitter at intouchwithios. Support the show. Buy me a coffee at intouchwithios.com slash coffee. We would really appreciate it. You can also become a Patreon of the show by going to patreon.com slash intouchwithios. We have two tiers available to support the show. We would really appreciate it. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe so when you're notified to to when we do our live stream, which is usually on Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, on our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash iOS, where you can also watch and listen to past shows. Visit iOS magazine on Flipboard, where many of the topics we discussed are flipped into the magazine. The link is in the show notes, so we'll have plenty to flip this week. A lot of, a lot of articles about the, this, all these topics. Um, you can subscribe to the show in your favorite podcatcher, which includes uh, Mimir, Pocket Casts, Overcast, and many others. But better yet, go to our, to our website, intouchwithios.com, where all the links to all the ways to listen to us are there. I am Dave Ginsburg, and you can find me on Twitter at DaveG65. Mike Potter, thanks so much again for being back on the show. Where can people find you? Thanks for having me, Dave. It has been a blast. Uh, if folks want to reach Absolutely. me, they can reach me at 4MacEyesOnly.com or at 4MacEyesOnly on Twitter or Max.ConferenceAndExpo.com or at Max.Expo on Twitter. That's where you'll find me these awesome. days. Thanks, Mike. Jeff, as always, great to have you on the show. And uh, where can people find you? It's always loads of fun to be here. Um, people can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. I'm Jay Gamut everywhere, like, like basically everywhere. And um, um, yeah, uh, most Tuesdays on Mac Voices Live with uh, Chuck Joyner and with you, Dave. And yeah. then uh, Thursdays on the big show. And then uh, most Thursday evenings here with you on In Touch with iOS. Then on Fridays on uh, the Mac show. And then also on the Context Machine with Brian Chaffin. Great. And thank you for listening. I hope We hope you enjoyed the show. We enjoyed doing it and had a great uh, and we had a great time. A lot of great topics. And we'll talk again soon.